Some of you know it already, I know. Here it is, this would be a giveaway. Right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyone, what, what do we got going? Ace of base, I saw the sign, very good. And I saw, yep, okay, well, next one, Here, here's the next one, are you ready? This is it, oh yeah. Anyone, anyone? Hanson Bob. Kids nowadays are like, what is going on? This is not cool, Pastor. Not cool at all, right? You know, Hanson. It wasn't even cool when I was growing up, but it's catchy. That's for sure. All right. So we all know what it's like to get wrapped up in a song, right? And, and now we fast forward to this generation, and if you're a young girl and you've been watching Disney, the song of the time is... It has to be Let It Go, right? And I came across just an awesome picture of two young girls, they're four years old, getting wrapped up and losing themselves, singing at the top of their lungs this song. Can I show it with you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with this song, just show you I'm singing Frozen. So here it is. Oh. Or maybe I won't. <laughs> I apologize, we're having technical difficulties. Um, what I saw in these four-year-olds was they didn't care if they were enunciating. They didn't care how loud or soft it was. They were just going to sing Let It Go because that was their favorite and they didn't care, right? Um, so, so that is the song of the day. And um, I want to transition. There is a song that I am so wrapped up into. Now, as a pastor, I get real into Christian music, and, and that's okay if you're not there yet. I don't know where you are in your faith life. Um, but there's a song that when I heard it, um, it just kind of changed my world, rocked my world, and I want to sing it at the top of my lungs. And I was wondering if I could share this song with you. Would that be okay? This is kind of like, how do you want the end of the story to go? You ever read those books where you can choose option A or option B? So would you like a sermon with a song or a sermon without a song? Sermon with a song? Is that okay? You're gracious. Okay, so here's the song. Mind you, I am not our musicians, but uh, I wanted to just share with you this song. So here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Testing, testing. All right. of Jesus Christ No shadow remains for shame to hide Redemption shown for all to see Perfection bore our penalty With a grace so glorious You can join in, it's alright Immortal day the veil was torn when mercy dawned a crown of thorns, as law gave way to liberty and freedom for humanity, with a grace so glorious, and all oh, the glory of the Savior's love. Surrounding our surrender to know Forever we are welcomed home Crowned in glory to glory Worthy is the 
crowned in glory to glory worthy is the lord of all the glory forever holy is the lord <laughs> you are kind you are gracious but that actually for me is a picture of heaven. And this is a bit of a tangent, but when I get there, all I want to do is sing at the top of my lungs to the glory and the praise of Jesus until there is nothing left. And I don't care if I'm in tune, I don't care loud and soft, just give it all. Well, getting wrapped up in a song, and getting wrapped up especially not in Frozen or any other storyline, getting wrapped up in the glory of Jesus is exactly what Palm Sunday was like. We're going to turn there now. The disciple Luke was there at that first Palm Sunday, and they heard not one person, not two four-year-olds, but everyone shout at their top of their lungs the praise of Jesus. Let's hear this lesson now as we read from Luke chapter 19. It says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. Now, this is a tangent, but this is amazing. If you've ever ridden a horse, that horse needs to be broken through, right? This is a colt, a foal, and yet we see the creator of the universe having no problem sitting on an unbroken donkey, um, and this donkey would stay calm during the shouts of a crowd uh, because he is that powerful king, even uh, making a donkey still. We go on. As they went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When they came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples lost themselves. They began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. They weren't singing, let it go, not even grace so glorious. They were singing, blessed is the king. In other versions, Hosanna, which means save us or save now. And when others thought, maybe this praise should end, maybe they should be quiet, Jesus says, you can't stop my praise. No, no, no. It's going to happen if they don't, rocks will cry out. Today we get to consider what it's like to be in part of that unstoppable praise that's already happening. May God so bless us. You know, I find it funny what kids pick up on to be thankful for, right? What kids focus on, like they're just really excited about, you know, sometimes the smallest things. I'll give you an example. Um, we took our child to Disney World a couple years back. Nadia was about two years old. And there we're in sunny Florida. You got Space Mountain, you got Thunder Mountain, you got all the characters and the princesses, and it's just, you know, the magical place on earth, right? And, and out of all the things that Nadia liked at Disney World, what really tickled her fancy and what she really liked was the gift shop. 
And, and she didn't even buy stuff there. Like the gift shop, like looking at the things, you know, to buy. And, and part of it maybe, uh, you know, that it was really warm that day and she doesn't like the warm and there was air conditioning in there. So maybe that's not a bad choice. But, but I was surprised that in the midst of sunny Florida, everything of Disney World, she was celebrating the gift shop. Do you know what I'm talking about, parents? Parents provide a lot for their children. I was reading from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. By the time a child is 17, you might spend as much as $235,000 on that child. That's incredible. And so we get used to providing, whether it be a roof over the head, maybe a bed, clothes and food, toiletries. You know, I never evaluated the, the need and the goodness of toiletries until I went to college and I had to buy that stuff on my own. Like, I actually have to purchase that? That's awful waste of money, it seemed like. Um, you know, but, but we do that, right? And, and so we're providing so much out of that 235000 And what do they pick up and be thankful for? The $3 Happy Meal. Really, out of everything, it's the $3 Happy Meal, this piece of plastic. I think it's My Little Pony right now. That's going to make your day. It's not the bed. It's not the house. It's not. All right. The $3 Happy Meal. You know what I'm talking about? And it's not bad. Like, we're still happy when they're happy, and we're grateful that they're grateful. But uh, the thing is, I think there's bigger things going on than the $3 Happy Meal if you're a parent providing for your child, right? This so reminds me of the lesson for today. This crowd is erupting in praise, and what are they praising Jesus for? Let's unearth that. Verse 37, would you follow along with me? It says, at the end of verse 37, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices... For what? The miracles. Now, let me explain this. They were passing through Bethany and Bethphage. So I'm going to draw that up. You saw these already. This is an old picture of what Bethany may have looked like. Um, This is the modern view. And something magnificent happened recently in Bethany. There were Jesus' friends named Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, Lazarus was sick. And Mary and Martha, the friends, sent for Jesus to come and heal him. When Jesus arrived on the scene, Lazarus... He'd been dead, and dead for four days. So he goes to the tomb, and he says, open the tomb. And everyone's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's been dead for four days. You want to do that, Jesus? He's like, open the tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come out. And amazingly, a dead man came out. He was able to give his sisters hugs, able to give Jesus a pound or a chest bump. What do you do for raising the dead? I'm not sure. It's got to be something big. But he could do it now, right? And the thing is, everyone saw it. Everyone in Bethany and Bethphage, they saw and they knew the story of Lazarus. He'd been dead for four days. They probably had a funeral service by that time. They were already mourning. They saw the dead man come back to life. Now, I don't know about you, but if one of my friends did that for me, like I had a relative I loved, they brought him back to life, I'd follow them too. I'd sing their praises too. I'd be like, what's next, guys? That's pretty awesome. Do that again, right? And so he's got this crowd going, and they're going primarily because this raising of Lazarus was recent. And so they come to Jesus and they're like, oh my goodness, you are the king. You are the Messiah. And they're praising him for the miracles. Now that's not bad. But I'm here to say that what they're really doing is they're thanking Jesus for the $3 Happy Meal. What they're really doing is picking out something so small when in the grand scheme of things he would be and he would do so much more. I mean, what is the raising of one man to earthly life for a few years when this same Jesus will and would raise millions to eternal life? That's the king. But they missed it. 
And they wanted Jesus to be king of the moment. They wanted him to come in and throw off the Roman rule. And dear friends, do we ever want Jesus to be king of our moments? I believe this can happen. You know, we all come wanting things from Jesus for him to work in our lives. And, and maybe it's a season of life we want him to make work out all right. Maybe it is a job situation. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a simple thing like buying a car or getting a house or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I'm not sure. And we're like, Jesus, could you just work this out? Could we work out the moment, please? I need some grace and I need a miracle for the moment. Well, I'm here to tell you that that Jesus can walk with you in the moment. I'm also here to tell you it might not work out exactly how you think or in your timeline. That's kind of how he works. He's going to call you to trust in him. But I do believe he can get you through the moment. That's been my experience. Whatever the moment is, he can walk you through just as he raised Lazarus. He has grace and glory for the moment. But I believe he offers so much more. He doesn't just want to be king of your moment. Because I believe if that moment comes and you get what you want, maybe your praise will come as soon as that needed and end as soon as that need was met. And so we need to unearth Jesus for the king that he is. And he gave us a good indication of the type of king he was for what did he choose to ride in on when he went to Jerusalem? Did anyone see it? The, the animal of choice was, it was a, a donkey. Now, we don't live in an agrarian society, but donkeys still to this day don't have a very good connotation. Uh, well, even much less then. And uh, let me change it to car lingo. You know, I'm a car guy. And so, so let's, let's uh, see, consider from a car standpoint. Um, president Obama came to Chicago, and when he rolls around, if you're a president, president or if you're the dignitary, um, let me show you Obama's car. Here it is. I mean, he's got a Cadillac, and it's bulletproof, and it's awesome. You know, he's got an entourage of Escalades and just a, a really cool car. And, and that's what Jesus deserves to ride into. He, he's got all glory and praise. But what does Jesus choose to ride into? Here's the equivalent. The beater. It's got duct tape. It's got the cords. Everyone knows it's a donkey, right? You know, it's not a stallion. It doesn't have a chariot. There's nothing gold on it. This is a donkey. Hee-haw, hee-haw. And I think he was clear. He was like, hey, crowd, guess what? I'm not an earthly king. Surprise! Or not surprised, I don't know. I think there was enough signs there indicating of the type of king he was because he chose a donkey. He didn't choose the escalator, the Cadillac. And they thought that Jesus would come in, the man who raised the dead, he could throw off uh, the Roman rule. He was going to free him. And so he's going to come in leading the charge, killing the Romans. Little did they know that he himself would be killed. And so they didn't get who Jesus was. He's not an earthly king. He's not. He's got the beater. He's a spiritual, eternal king. Now, in no way do I want to minimize what God can do in our earthly lives. In no way do I want to minimize that. Because I've seen his power. He can walk with you in whatever you are going through right now. But I believe he wants more for you than just right now. When the moment passes, when it comes or doesn't come, I'm not sure. When he works it out, he wants to be the king over everything in your life. Not just for the moment, but for eternity. And here's why I hope we get this perception right. Here's why this matters, dear friends. Because it will affect our praise. I believe this is true. 
That where we invite Jesus to be king is where we will find the source of our praise. If we invite Jesus to be king of the moment, guess what? Our praise will last for a moment. But if we invite Jesus to be king over everything, well then I believe we can find sources of praise in everything and at all times. If you allow Jesus to be king in your marriage, I believe you can find a source of praise flowing out of that marriage. If you allow Jesus in your child upbringing, I believe you can find a source of praise in that process. If you invite him into your financial life, I believe you can find a source of praise as he works things out in your financial life. If you invite him to your eating and to your drinking, there will be a source of praise. But primarily, if this day you know he needs to meet the soul's needs, that is the true king we see. If you're coming to him today because you want peace and you want to get rid of this guilt thing and throw it away and you want to know true joy that goes beyond any athletic competition win, if you want that, well, that's the king, dear friends. And that's what he offers you because he's this eternal king that when you invite him into everything, he will lead you to sources of praise in everything. But the crowd didn't get it. And we know how the story ends. Because they didn't understand the king, when he was betrayed, the crowd left him. And the praise died. In fact, I believe some of those who shouted Hosanna on this day would change their chant to crucify on a few days later. Because they didn't understand who this king was. Dear friends, if we ever find our praise ceasing for the king, could it be perhaps that we've limited our view of him? Could it be perhaps that we want the same thing at times, an earthly king? The one to work out life so that there's heaven on earth. And I'm here to tell you, he's not the earthly king. And we need to see him for who he is. He's that eternal king. That more than if you get the job and more than if you get the house and more than what happens in your life, he just wants to hold you tight. That's what the king does. And he wants your heart. And he wants you to see his goodness. Maybe not in the ways that you expected, but in the ways that he proves to you he is love. And he wants so much more for you than just earthly things. He is the king of peace and righteousness and forgiveness. Dear friends, we have forgiveness today if our view of Jesus was skewed. Because the king laid down his life on the cross. And in so doing, he shares with us the crown. The crown of life. And so we do have peace. But I hope we see Jesus for who he is because when we do, I think our praise will be unstoppable and unceasable. In fact, that was what I really picked up on in this lesson. Verses 39 and 40 are some of my favorite. Could you read them again with me? It says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, would you rebuke your disciples? Like, Jesus, they're, they're calling you Messiah. You need to correct them. You need to show them that, No, I'm just a teacher. But Jesus is like, uh-uh. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry. It's going to happen. I'm going to get praise and I'm going to get glory. Whether you like it or not, it is unstoppable. To talk about this, um, I want to tell you what happened in my daughter Bella's life this past week. Uh, Bella turned eight. Just crazy how time flies and my little girl growing up. And uh, well, With her eighth birthday, she wanted to get her ears pierced. And for a dad, that's like... Because uh, what I know is that my little girl's grown up. 
right? And, and that's okay. That's the natural progression of things. And I had a decision when I heard that. I could either fight that or I could give in. Now, I chose to give in in that situation. And here was my, my thought. Most of the girls I know eventually get their ears pierced. And so I thought there was a, a bit of inevitability going on here. That I could put, pick up a fuss, but it wouldn't matter because sooner or later, this girl's going to have her ears pierced. So the age is appropriate. She said everyone in you know, her class was doing it. You know, and, and that's always a good rule of thumb, right? When everyone else is doing it. Why not? That's how we... I'm just kidding. It's a bad way to operate. <laughs> but I was okay with it. The age was appropriate. And so... She got her ears pierced. She got silver crosses right in time for Good Friday. And again, what I didn't want to do was fight the inevitable. God is saying to us today, my praise and my glory is inescapably inevitable. It's going to happen. Whether you're on board or not, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. In fact, this section reminded me so much of how Martin Luther described um, part of the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come. And this is how Martin Luther explained it. He said this. He said, The kingdom of God, guess what? It's going to come without our prayer. God doesn't need you to, to pray it. He's going to do His thing. But in this petition, we pray it may come to us and to many others. And so God's going to continue. And I, I saw this in, in China. I was reading from, from news that in China, Jesus' name is more popular than their government leader, Chairman Mao. And it's more popular than communism. And, and, and 25 million Christians are growing in China. Some think it's more to like 60 million, but you don't know because it's kind of underground. And I, I say that, yeah, you're doing that. You didn't need me because people are going to praise you and they're going to know you and this has always been about your thing. It's an inescapable, inevitable thing. And what you need to know about Jesus, the King of glory, the King of eternity, is that He will get His glory. When He comes back, every knee will bow. And every knee will bow, whether by will or by force. It doesn't matter. But every knee will bow. And so the scenario is this, dear friends. The scenario is, let's see if it comes. The scenario is that the song is already playing. There's a song of praise that all ages have sung across the lands. In fact, all creation sings. I'll never forget a, a sermon I heard where, where a pastor uh, mimic the sound of the, the planets as they spin and they got the whale's noise in there and the dolphin's noise in there and he said it to how great is our God. And he's like, all creation is already joining in the song. They're already doing this. And I read about what's happening in China and I see what God is doing in the lives of others and the question is not, is there a song going? The question is not, will God get praise? The only question that remains is, are you going to lift your voice and join in the song? He's going to be the king of glory, dear friends. Every eye will see him and every knee will bow. The question is, will we partake in what that song is? He invites you this day to be king over everything and king for eternity. And I don't know about you, but I want to sing at the top of my lungs the glory and the praise of Jesus because he's worthy. And that's his invitation to you and to me. And so as we leave today, we end at the beginning. And I pose this question for you. I pose as I turn off the music.
Maybe that's not your song. I'm going to ask the question, what's your jam? In other words, what is your song of praise for Jesus? For me, I sang before, but I know my true jam is a preacher. To the day I die, I'm going to be standing here by His grace and for His glory, using my heart and whatever breath He gives me to say He's the best thing that I know of. He is the hero. He is the conqueror. His love is unlike anything I've experienced. And I want to confess with all that I have in me to preach His glory, how wide and high and deep and long is His love. That's my jam. I don't know what yours is. Maybe you're a craftsman. Whatever your hands find to do, you do it well. And so you can go to that table saw and you can do it for the glory of God. And when you do that, that's your jam. That's what you walk into, the praise and glory of Jesus. Maybe you're a number cruncher. And when you get your calculator out, or when you're reconciling, you crunch numbers to the glory of God. And that's awesome. That's your jam. Maybe for you, you're an encourager. When you get around people, you can't help but just lift them up and raise their spirits. That's your jam. That's what you walk into. Maybe you're a test taker. You're a brainiac. Maybe you're an athlete. I think that God has given us all these different gifts that we walk into and we say, I'm going to use this for the praise and the glory of Jesus. Just like they did it on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, they found one song and they found whatever they could. They laid down their garments they laid down in other portions of Scripture, palm branches, whatever they could, whatever what was available for the king who was coming in. That's your opportunity to maybe use your giftedness for his glory to find your song of praise. May God so bless it so we can join in the song of all creation. Blessed is this king. Amen.